Uh, since Pastor Hearn's doing the starting point class again, he's asked me to speak tonight, so you'll have to put up with me tonight, I'm sorry, but that's, that's the way it is. So um, tonight I want to speak about just, I guess, giving in general, giving from your heart, being generous, so that's the, that's the topic I want to cover. And um, if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, please. Now, I'm understanding um, that our church is wanting to take up a special offering this Sunday. And, uh, and I want to study why participating in this can be a really good thing for us um, if we go about it with the right spirit, with some pure motives um, behind our actions. In um, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, if you, we'll start at verse uh, 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. So we'll stop there. Now, our generosity is displayed through many avenues in our life. It's not just giving financially. People can be very generous with their time, with their talents, uh, with their homes, with fellowship, and pretty much anything that it costs you to serve others or serve God, um, you can be generous with. However, God does use financial giving to support, that's, that's his way of supporting his work on earth. Um, and that's the means of supporting the local church, that's the means of supporting missions, and also looking after the people who labour in his word. Um, so what this does is God gives us the opportunity to be part of this, to be part of his work by financially supporting um, his work here on earth. And this gives us a chance to be part of works that are far greater than just around us. Those of us who give to missions and things like that, you're affecting people on the other side of the world, you know, through, through our missionaries and things like that. So we get to be a blessing not just to our local church but also to others around us. And the Bible does contain many passages that um, address the concept of giving, generosity, people who are generous. That's, it's all through the Bible. And obviously our Saviour, the most generous and most sacrificial of all. Um, the term sacrificial giving is not explicitly mentioned in the Bible, but that concept is found everywhere. There's no doubt about, no doubt about that. Um, the principles of giving, generosity, and a willing heart are present in various passages. In the New Testament, we are instructed on our attitudes and how, how they should be when we're giving to God. Not that God needs one cent that we muster, um, but he does love it when we want to give to him. He loves that cheerful giver. Um, and we can have that assurance that our contribution uh, will make a difference here on earth, but also for eternity. So... <clears throat> Well, first of all, it's just, a, I guess, a real brief study just on, on the general giving, you know, in the, what we see in the Bible from where it started to where we are now. Um, and basically, just some principles there that hopefully we can apply. So the principle uh, was set out for the Old Testament states, uh, old sets, old, from the Old Testament saints, um, also from the time of Abraham, which was before the law of Moses, all the way through to Malachi, he mentions giving too in the Old Testament. Uh, Malachi says in Malachi 3.10, Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. 
So that's the concept of tithing there, and that refers to the practice of giving one-tenth of one's income or resources to support the work of the temple or the priests um, at that time. Tithing was common practice in the Old Testament, and it was primarily associated with the support of the priests and the religious institutions at the time. The New Testament doesn't specifically command tithing, but it does emphasise principles of generosity, cheerful giving, and supporting the needs of the church and those in need. Jesus lived this way while he was on earth, and he's our example in this area. Um, now, today, many Christians do practice tithing. They, they, um, others will just give offerings and contributions as they're guided by their faith and their teachings. For me personally, um, I believe tithing is the minimum standard. That's, that's, that's my personal belief. Um, I think it's the minimum standard for a Christian today. Um, and I, the reason, I'll, I'll explain why. Uh, the Old Testament is an example for us today. It says in the New Testament that the Old Testament's there for our example. Um, and I know God blessed those who tithed in the Old Testament. He promised that, and he did bless those who tithed. So I can't see why he wouldn't continue to do that today. I can also sincerely say personally that times in my life when I didn't tithe, I really felt blessings dry up in that area in my life. Um, my blessing, the blessings really became limited in the times of the financial, <clears throat> in the areas of finances. And I saw an immediate change once I started tithing again and realizing that you know, this was something that I was, I was supposed to be doing. So for me, tithing is a clear pattern in the Bible before the law, during the law, and today, I think it's a good guideline for us if you have no other leading. I think tithing's a good guideline. In Abraham, uh, Abraham in Genesis chapter 14 tithed after a battle where he gave the spoils of war to Melchizedek. Uh, this is one of the earliest recordings um, of tithing in the Bible. Uh, Jacob in Genesis 28 in a vow to God, he promised to give God a tenth of all that God would provide to him. Both these men were before the law and they tithed and they were blessed greatly because of their generosity. Uh, under Mosaic law, the Israelites in Leviticus 27 um, had tithing prescribed as a religious obligation to the people. They were required to give one-tenth of their produce and livestock to support the Levites and the maintenance of the tabernacle at that time and then the temple after that. Uh, under King Hezekiah, 2 Chronicles uh, 31, the people of Judah brought tithes and offerings in abundance to support the priests and Levites and this was, a large, this was a time of large blessing for Judah. They were given lots of protection from their enemies at that time. Uh, in Nehemiah, after the exiled Jews came back to Jerusalem, uh, in chapter 10, Nehemiah re-established tithing among the Israelites to support the Levites, the priests, and the work in the house of the Lord. This was a key part of being able to get the blessings of God to flow back for the people at that time. So in today, how does this all come together for us today? So if you turn to Luke chapter 6, please. <clears throat> Luke chapter 6, verse 38, where Jesus says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, and shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. So what we see here is a direct correlation between how and what we give and the blessings of God that come back to us. God rewards us the same way in which we give out. 
And when he does, it's always better than if we keep it ourselves and think we'll do better with our own money. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. Proverbs 13.7 says, There is that maketh himself rich, yet hath nothing. There is that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. And if you turn to Mark chapter 12, uh, it's the famous story of the widow's mite here. Mark chapter 12 from verse 41. And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they cast, did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. These verses here, they emphasise that importance of um, giving with a willing heart, not out of compulsion, but trusting that God will bless those who give generously. The story of the widow's offering here in Mark, it illustrates the idea that sacrificial giving can be more meaningful and significant than large gifts when it comes from a sincere and a selfless heart, because that's what God does look on. He looks on the heart when we're giving. And we're going to look at some biblical examples of people who, um, who were generous. Um, you don't have to turn to each one, but I'll, I'll tell you who they are and where they're found in the Bible if you want to take notes. So Acts 4, 36 and 37, uh, Barnabas his name means son of encouragement, son of consolation. He sold a piece of land and gave the proceeds to the early Christian community. His generous act helped support those who are in need amongst the believers. Also in the early church, Acts chapter 9, 36, Dorcas. She was a woman known for her good works and acts of charity. She made coats and garments for the widows, and after her death, the widows displayed the clothing that she had made, highlighting her generous and her caring nature. Uh, Solomon in 1 Kings chapter 3, he was, even though he's mostly known for his wisdom, he was actually extremely generous with his offerings as well. At one time, he offered a thousand burnt offerings at Gibeon the night that God appeared to him in a dream. So a thousand burnt offerings, it's, it's pretty amazing. And then we have the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. He was a tax collector who encountered Jesus and had immediate life transformation. And once he was changed by Jesus, he pledged to give half of his goods to the poor and restore fourfold to those who he had defrauded. His repentance and generosity showed a transformation of his character. Then we have Joseph of Arimathea in Matthew 27. He was a disciple of Jesus, not one of the apostles, but a disciple. He provided his own new tomb for Jesus for the burial. of. This act of generosity allowed a respectful and dignified burial for our Saviour. Job himself, although he's probably even known more for his righteousness, but he was also extremely generous. In Job 29, he describes that he helped the poor, the needy, the fatherless, and the widow, and the blessings of those in need, he felt it came upon him to bless them. So he showed he had a compulsion there to give. And then as pastor's been preaching about uh, Ruth, uh, we've got Boaz. He was in Ruth chapter 2. He was a wealthy landowner. He displayed generosity and kindness to Ruth, who was a Moabite when she was gleaning in his fields. He allowed her to glean, he provided her protection, and he even instructed his servants to make sure they left a little bit behind for her, a little bit more behind. So there's just a few examples of generosity in the Bible. 
And when you look at all those people, you see blessings. All their lives are associated with blessings. Um, and um, so generosity and acts of charity are important themes throughout the Bible. Uh, and the Bible encourages us to share the blessings with others and care for those in need. So now I just want to talk about blessings that can come from being generous. Okay, so there's many, many blessings that come from being generous. And I, I don't know, I think I've got about, well, I've got a few down here, not too, uh, maybe six or seven or something. So, but there's many, there's many. So generosity brings about a variety of blessings and benefits, both for the giver and for those who receive. The blessings extend beyond material wealth and they encompass emotional, social and spiritual aspects of our lives. So here are some of those blessings. I think the number one blessing you get is biblical joy and fulfilment. Giving to others, whether through, it's through acts of kindness, money or support, it often brings a sense of joy, satisfaction and fulfilment. When you know that you've actually, God's used you to make a positive impact in someone's life, that does bring a lot of, it's very, very rewarding to, to, to know that, that God's used you. Something that I like to do, um, mostly with my family, I'd say, is just like, I like to tell them of times that we've been able to do something and then what's resulted from that, just as an encouragement to them. Um, and I think that's, that's important that you can do that with your family and you can encourage them to um, see what God's done in your life because of the way, if you've been generous. Um, <clears throat> Acts 20.35, which is extremely famous <laughs> verse, where it says in part B, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Jesus said that. The second, um, the second thing that comes from giving, and this is probably more on a, um, I guess, a human sort of level, improved well-being. Studies have shown that generosity can lead to improved spiritual, mental and emotional well-being. Acts of kindness and giving are associated with reduced stress, increased happiness, and enhanced feelings of self-worth, as we know God is pleased. But this is also across the spectrum of unsaved people as well. It was found that people who donated to charities and who helped poor people generally were happier in life than those who hoarded all their, all, all their goods. So it's an interesting correlation there. Another thing that being generous does is it creates stronger relationships. Being generous can strengthen relationships because it creates trust, gratitude, and a sense of that connectedness between people. It can also be a way to show love and care for others, and it deepens the bonds of your friends, family, and your church. It's really, really hard to dislike someone who's very generous to you. It's probably impossible. <clears throat> and then we've got the law of sowing and reaping, another reason, another principle that comes from what goes around comes around, and this applies to generosity. When you give to others, it can create a cycle of goodwill and you might find that others are going to be more willing to help you. It's not the reason you be generous, but generally it's what happens. When you've been kind and good to someone, they will generally be more willing to be kind and good to you. Something that um, Jen and I have found mostly with our kids is um, when we've invested in other people, um, we've found that in, as, the, as, the, as the years have gone by, those very people have been, have been really big influences in our kids and we've received back that way, which is something that we could have never done for our kids because they weren't at a point in their life where they would listen to us, but they were listening to others. And I'm very, very, very grateful for those people who, when we were perhaps, you know, whether they were young adults at a certain time and then they got older and they took one of our kids under their wing and they really talked to them and helped them through a tough time. And I see that as a direct sowing and reaping of sowing in someone's life and then getting the blessing of them sowing in your, your children's life. That's, um, that's really, really good. Um, 
and sometimes they were life-altering. And that was, it's really, it's really, it's a really good biblical principle, the, the law of sowing and reaping. Everyone knows the verses in, Gal- in Galatians 6 and 7, 6, 7, where it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And it goes on to say, if you're going to reap to your flesh, you'll reap destruction. If you reap to the spirit, you reap life everlasting. And we're then commanded, as we've got any opportunity, to do good to, to all men, especially those of the household of faith. Um, in Proverbs 26, 27, it says, Whoso diggeth a pit shall fall therein, and he that rolleth a stone, it will return upon him. So even Solomon, all his wisdom, he knew about that law of sowing and reaping too. So the fifth thing that comes from being generous is spiritual growth. Okay? The Bible emphasizes the importance of generosity and kindness. And engaging in acts of generosity, it will lead to spiritual and also moral growth in your life. It helps you become a better person, it increases your faith, and you become more like Christ as you treat others like he did. So spiritual growth is another byproduct of being generous. Bible um, also says uh, that being generous can result in financial blessings in your life. And there is no doubt that financial blessings can result from generosity. Now, it's important not to give for that sole expectation that I'm doing this to get rich. Um, But some individuals do experience increased financial abundance as a result of their giving. And I think God knows who can handle what he gives back. And that's maybe why some people receive a lot back. Other people might, might not receive as much back. But one thing's for sure, we're going to get way more in heaven anyway. So you will get it back. Uh, there are biblical examples of people who did this. And um, I'm, you could probably think about people you actually know here on earth who are, who are very generous and God has blessed them financially. And the, another thing that happens, uh, you make a difference. Generosity leads to positive changes in the lives of those in need. You have the opportunity to make a significant impact and be used by God to help the betterment of people in our church, in the outside world, and across the many mission fields out there. God can use you to make a big difference in the lives of people. So while the blessings of generosity are significant, it's important to note that true generosity should be motivated by a desire to help, but most importantly to please God, rather than solely for any personal gain. The act of giving is its own reward oftentimes. It might not feel, feel like it at a time when, when you feel the Spirit compel you to do something, but when you do do it, you are rewarded and it is, it's a very joyous time. <clears throat> this is how God has set it up. Proverbs 28, 27 says, He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. Proverbs 21, 26 He coveteth greedily all the day long, but the righteous giveth and spareth not. And Proverbs 11, 24 and 25, There is that scattereth and yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than his meat, but it tendeth to poverty. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. That's the good type of fat, by the way. (laughs) Giving generously is an act of faith, and we know that God loves it when we show faith. Okay, that's, that's a really big part of it. If this is an area where you struggle, I suggest you just start small. Look for small areas where you can just be generous to someone in a small way and build from there. But you've got to make sure you're generous. We're commanded to be that way. God will bless you as you seek to do things that he wants us to do. And as I, as I close now, I just want to encourage you to participate in this Sunday's offering. It will really help the Lord's work. It will help our church and it will help you. It really will. You might, 
might be a struggle of you now thinking, oh, wow, that's going to be a huge step of faith for me to be able to, to, to participate in this offering. And you might even have some fear and trepidation about doing it. But rest assured, if you act in faith even like that, then that's God's currency to bless. He blesses faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you're struggling with the concept of, you know, giving on Sunday, it says there, he'll reward you if you diligently seek him. So how about you just diligently pray, diligently seek him, and let him reward you for your faith. So that's, that's it. Thank you.